0: Into. <laughs> A good time for sure, but very impactful. Good morning, everyone. It is fantabulous Friday, number one. It is pre-July 4th celebration, and I am loving life right now. I've been loving this week. I've been loving the vibe, and good morning, everyone. This is Nani Boss, aka Carol Seward, vice versa, however you want to think about it,
1: live from Vero Beach with two... Sisters, and yes, I am the younger sister, and oh my, <laughs> just had to throw that in there, and my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva, reporting to you live from The Circle in North Haven, Connecticut, and we have such an amazing guest today, and I can't wait for you to hear this man's story, his inspiring story, so Carol Sue, so I'm going to turn it over to you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jan. And what I love about, you know, what's the value that we provide, we always provide different, different input, input, different guests. So we, you know, as, as a people, as whatever we are doing, that we are provided information, but it's always about the stories. There's always a story behind the story. And before I introduce Michael, I want to tell you actually how I actually heard of Michael Keneal. And he's a, a local real estate agent in Vero Beach. That is not, sadly, who we went through. We, we went through somebody in Melbourne when we first moved here six months ago. But as the pandemic started to really kind of bust out, Michael had done a post in Vero. I believe it was one of the Vero Beach neighborhood type community posts in Facebook. And he was going to be featuring a local physician and actually talk about the virus, the pandemic, you know, what we should do, what should we expect. And when I want, went on his live, first of all, Michael's got an amazing voice and it was just very calming. And the interaction that he had with this physician was something that, you know, and I always talk about you when you instantly see somebody or hear somebody, you, you, you naturally you love their vibe. So I instantly saw that and I started to watch a little bit of Michael's journey and he recently just posted again, and we've, we chatted a couple times. I, I wanted to make sure that I supported his lives as well because he had some interesting people on. And I saw one of his posts earlier this week really talking about his perspective of how he ended up here in the United States. And I don't want to go into detail because I want, I want you to hear his reflection, his impact, his journey, which is not over, and his vision of what he sees why he is an American. So without further ado, I want to introduce Michael Keneal. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, from Vero Beach. So he's just miles away from us. So our energy right now, Jan, is down south. Just I sunny. hear that. Yes, absolutely. All right, Michael, take it over. We'll interject, obviously, if we've got tons of questions, but this is your platform to really, really enlighten those that may that may just take be an American for granted for a little bit,
2: <laughs> I got you. let me try to live up to the energy right now. Uh, I have my coffee ready, so uh, thank you for the introduction uh, i 'm always humbled when people think i 'm actually i don 't know good at what I do so this interview right now what we 're doing right now is really sparked by the post I did a couple of days ago, and it was it was really rather spontaneous talking about my my journey how to get here now, and I know people are there are really two parts to the story, and I kind of abbreviated the first story a little, uh, the first part a little bit, because I could talk for hours about it. But make a long story short, I was born in 1959, what back then was called East Germany. Um, so, and I know, depending on your age, you may remember. You may, for some people, it's a real fuzzy uh, uh, object, really, somewhere in the past. Might as well talk about uh, old Rome. And for some people, did, especially uh, servicemen that were stationed during the time and everything else over there, it's, it seems to be very fresh in their memory. Anyway, to, for those who don't know, think about North Korea with a different accent, really. Um, the, the travel was You basically couldn't travel. And we we'll talk about it more in detail later. So um, make a long story short, we had an opportunity to try to escape in 1972. We tried to do it with four five passes. Via Bulgaria, it's one of the few countries we could travel to because it was part of the Eastern Bloc. Bulgaria borders on Yugoslavia. Back then it was still part of the Eastern Bloc, kind of, but very, very loose. There wouldn't have been any problem. And from there into West Germany. make a long story short, we got caught at the border. Uh, I guess the false passports weren't all that good. We got caught, and uh, as I said, I was 13 years old. I was thrown into my mother and I, and we were thrown into a Bulgarian jail for a while, for quite a while, actually. I wish I could tell you more about it, but uh, my memory uh, fails me. Uh, I guess it's a self-protective mechanism. I, I remember very little about that time, quite honestly. Uh, eventually, we're, we were released back into, uh, released as a, not really the the term, but we were shipped back to East Germany when my mother was um, uh, convicted to almost five years, four and a half years. And I was put in in another juvenile detention center over there. Uh, My mom probably had the harder time than me um, because East Germany didn't acknowledge political prisoners, so they put it with the general population. So the worst of the worst, she spent three and a half years. and. I'm trying to get to the point. Um, there, was a prog- there was a program between East and West Germany. East Germany was always strapped for currency. So you basically bought, they bought their political prisoners. So I mom was bought out, to so speak, after the years um, and was shipped to West Germany. I was still in East Germany because I was still young enough that the East German government tried to adopt me with some kind of family that was hard party liner. and. Um, Figured they can still turn me around. Uh, obviously, I resisted. And one night there was a—it was like a movie. One night, uh, somebody knocked at the door with a long leather coat and said, "You have 24 hours to get out." Then they shipped me to West Berlin and basically reunited me with, with my mom. I haven't seen for close to four years. Then, oh. okay, that's fine. It's—it's it's actually. Uh, I know everybody goes that. Nah, it's fine. Looking back, it, it's hard for me to say. I'm glad it happened. I never. I'm never glad it happened, but it gave me an opportunity to uh, to become who I am today. Simple as that. It it, uh, it helps me to lend a perspective to things that other people seem to be important to them. Very and few I, things.
0: I, absolutely, and I think you know, if I can interject that the the while you, a lot of it, like you said, was kind of a mechanism for you not to remember. Yeah. Uh, I always believe, and and Jan and I always talk about that, there's there's always a story behind the story, even within little pieces of of several stories, and I believe it was a necessity, as as sad and tragic as it sounds, and it was, because that's part of the journey to get you
2: to who you are today. So the interesting part is when I say that, then everybody always thinks, oh, now he's in West Germany, uh, everything is fine it's a completely different society, right? All the rules are completely different. So at 16, I basically had to relearn everything again and got my bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, interaction was completely different. Opportunities were completely different. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. Um, or oh, in a minute. And then uh, basically, I, I then I became West German, so to speak. And uh, But there was always something more. Now, West Germany, yes, it's a free country. It's the Western Bloc. It's a very it's a very uh, advanced country. I, I'm never going to say anything against it, but it has its limitation when you compare to it. And there was always something in me, maybe because I wanted to make up for my first 16 years. Uh, I wanted to push the boundaries, what actually is possible for me, right? So I took the opportunity in 1989, 30 years ago. Um, to come to America, and I kind of knew within three weeks this is my country. Okay. And, and we, we, can, uh, we can talk about why. Uh, the reason I wrote, so this is really the first part of the story. And uh, it, it may be interesting, it sets a tone, but it's really not the important part. The important part, really, for me is uh, what happened over the last couple of months uh, you know, from, from virus to masks to protests now and everything else. Uh, I told you before the interview, I had like PTSD from 30 years ago. Uh, I mean, I was literally shaking. And it all started with, um, here's what I was triggered by. Uh, When the virus first started and, you know, politicians are spouting off, nobody knows what to do. And then you can feel, or if you're a little bit sensitive to it, you can feel that a lot of people are acting like, oh, this is an opportunity, right? I have an agenda, this is an opportunity, I'm going to go for it. And it all came to a boil one day when somebody said, it may have been New York, I don't don't know, let's all do this for the greater good. Mm. That's an incredible subjective term and that's how you imprisoned 10 million East German people for a whole generation.
0: Say that again. Michael, I really want people to hear that phrase and really, phrase really absorb. The, that
2: phrase for the greater good is probably responsible. I know from East Germany firsthand, you imprison 10 million people, but it's probably responsible for hundreds of millions of people getting killed over the last 40 or 50 years. Because if you use that phrase, you can now justify everything. Because, if you, because it's a very subjective, right? The greater good, it, it looks so harmless. Uh, and coming back to this virus thing, it looks so harmless to say, Hey, we need to protect somebody, and if we can just save one life for the greater good, it's fine. Every action has consequences. Um, so, and you would think that normal people would agree with that statement, Yeah, sounds good, let's protect grandma, and I'm not against that, okay. But you also have to, if you, if you put these restrictions on to do that, you also have to acknowledge that you just put 150 other thousand people in jeopardy with elective surgery. What do you do about that? You put, locally I know, you put dozens of children at jeopardy where the school was a safe haven. So it becomes, anytime you make a general statement, and, and that's why I'm so hypersensitive, when whenever, officials or government proclaim we have the greater good at heart. It didn't, it never worked out. And it and it has another stupid side effect. It absolves every individual from their own responsibility, right?
0: Absolutely. I and, could not agree more.
2: And that's, and that's what gets mm-hmm. me because now I have, oh, I don't have to think anymore. That's how Hitler operated. That's how Stalin operated. That's how everybody else, every other dictatorship in the world operates like that. And it's being the fun the the amazing part for me is if that would have been said in any other country, I would have said, okay, it's normal. I mean, that's how they come. The amazing part for me is that so many people fell in line with it in America. Out of all countries, right? This country was built on rebellion, let's face it. Right? You got a couple of outcasts that built this country. And for centuries, and It still felt like this in 1990 when I came. For centuries, there is a, and it's still there, actually, but it doesn't get propagated anymore. There is a, every American, deep down inside, if you're born here, you have this rebel attitude, right? Who are you to tell me this is a free country? That's the undercurrent. And by the way, it's still there. If you look at my my post that I did, it got shared on it and it got viewed. 130,000 times and got shared almost 1,800 times right now because the undercurrent is there. It just, it doesn't give a voice anymore. It doesn't get a voice anymore. Very true. So th- that's the point. Now, the, let me describe a little bit more what, what uh, East Germany felt like or any, any dictatorship feels like. And I, I guarantee you anybody from Cuba that sees this, anybody from Venezuela that sees it will wholeheartedly agree with me. Because the principle is always the same. It doesn't matter what language you speak. So America, and, and to, to highlight the difference to America, America is really the only country, even in the Western Bloc, where the individual comes before the society. That's the uniqueness of America, right? It's, if you, you can read it in the Constitution. I mean, that literally is a uniqueness. Uh, even in, even in, even if you go before the war and where Germany was still one, and now it's again, if you go in any other country, any other civilized country, it doesn't matter. The uh, the emphasis is always on society first, and then the individual kind of conforms and makes it makes it practical. It's not. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just is right. And and in, in certain cases, uh, you have countries where that works perfectly well. People seem to be happy in Scandinavia. People, say, let's not go into detail. But you know, it, it's a working, it's a working model. Uh, but it's very different in America. The uh, the uh, the example I always give is the following: If I want to become something really stupid, if I want to become a, a plumber tomorrow in America, okay, all my neighbors would say, and that's the American spirit, right? Good luck. It is, and I have to, whatever, file a license. I mean, nothing is, it's fine. If I do the same thing in in Germany and I tell my neighbor, hey, I'm gonna become a plumber tomorrow, attitude-wise, I will get everybody trying to dissuade me. How in the world can you give up the safety that you have right now, okay? What if it does, I mean, there's always this, what if, it, what if, what if, what if it doesn't work out? And uh, so in America, Everybody wishes me luck. Nobody helps me. It's up to me. In Germany, and in Germany, if I fall back, yeah, I will have some help. But everybody puts stumbling blocks in front of me because you're upsetting the whole, the whole fabric. Right. It has to work. The side effect is that Germans build really, really good automobiles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't change. You right. with me? You, yes. you, you do this. You do this with pride. And it's a system that works well for them. And if you if you're an individual that doesn't mind that, it's a perfect society. If you're an individual that wants to wake up one morning and say, "You know what? I'm moving to Montana. I'm going to make, make, want to find out if I can run a cattle farm." Well, it's the only country you can do it.
0: Yeah, and I think that is something that Americans, you know, I call us cr- cradle Americans, born in this country. Yeah. that really don't embrace the freedoms yeah. and the choices of the freedoms that we do yeah. have
2: yeah the the it's it's a uh, i can end it with with what's going on let's say political current and everything else i can actually understand why younger people flock to the idea because socialism and communism on paper look incredibly good right they do it just it goes against human nature. That's the only flaw in the whole system. That's why you can never implement it. Uh, the challenge becomes the as long as a, as history memory or the memory of a history is fairly fresh in somebody's head, there is no danger that that ever take over again. I mean, try try promoting right now socialism or communism uh, uh, among the Cuban immigrants in Miami. You're not going to go very far. But you go very far if you go to, I don't know, some kind of pro- progressive, uh, so-called progressive university. They've been they've been removed for four or five generations from any kind of hardship. Yeah, it sounds good, right? I always, I always. Uh, the challenge was was that all that thinking is that you. And and why it sounds so appealing to young people is, it. It allows you to put yourself on a moral high ground, right? So I always said, making a, making a connection to real estate. Uh, if you leave if you leave the socialism out, America is really built as you have three people: one lives in a tiny house, is perfectly happy; one lives in a mansion, is perfectly happy; and one lives on a fifty thousand acre farm in Montana, is perfectly happy. That's America. Here comes the fourth person with morally high grounds. He looks at the tiny house and said, Hey, you deserve a bigger house. He looks at the mansion guy and says, Hey, that's a waste. You need to go down. And he looks at the Montana guy and said, Hey, you're 150 miles away from the next grocery store. Let me help you. And they all they're all being put in government housing. And none of them is happy. The only guy that's happy is the guy that came in and said, Hey, I did something good for everybody. Wow. Th- that's a challenge, right? And that's the that's a fallacy of any kind of social change the change has to happen with the individual and then these individuals make up the society it never goes the other way around the moment it goes the other way around you have a dictatorship and as i said before i didn't think it was impossible in in, in uh in america but uh, the second one that really set me off was I'm not sure. I don't think it was here. I'm kind of lucky in Florida was DeSantis, quite honestly. Um, but some other states publicly pro- proclaiming or asking citizens to report if somebody doesn't social distance or wear the mask. That set me off to no end, because that's how, that's how Hitler operated. That's how East Germany, that's how communism operated. That, and the Soviet bloc operated. And we had a system in, in East Germany where, and it was, literally taking over from the Third Reich under Hitler. It's because it's the same principle. You just put a different label on it. So right. every street, uh, more or less, had one. And China operates the same way. Any, every street had at least one person that was in charge of the, let's call it, political, political correctness of the street. So they basically and in 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 uh in return, they got some favors because obviously resources were scarce, we never really prospered, so if you wanted some uh people will do stupid things to get bananas that you don't have <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I never had bananas
0: it's a chuckle, but so true when you think I of- never had
2: bananas before I got into the West at sixteen years old, but it wasn't there so uh. And here, basically, now, now in America, now in, I'm in America, and the governor is asking somebody to r- report somebody. I've been through this crap. I don't need it again. Yeah, and it, it seems like it seems like this is a it's a very for politicians. It's a very powerful incentive to have. Uh, it's an incentive to have power, right? It, it's a human condition, so hey, look what I can do. The challenge is it's one individual telling other individuals what to do. Guess what it's called? It's called a dictatorship.
0: Absolutely. I,
2: you can call it whatever you want to. So that's really my, I'm, I'm ranting here right now. But You're it's, not ranting. <laughs> uh, so I think somebody has to say it at one point. The challenge we have right now is that there's, and, and I see it from the post and here's, here's I think the big discrepancy is, and, and you live here, if I walk around on a daily basis and I talk to 10 or 20 people, they're all completely normal. They all will agree with me. And then I turn on the TV and I'm thinking I'm living in a different country.
0: And I, and I do think, and I even have Jan interject as well, you know, being that we, you know, John and I just moved here from, from the North, you know, in October, I often, you know, see different things much differently now being down the South. I I look at law enforcement. I look at, you know, how politicians operate. I I think of, you know, why up North they're still uh, very frantic by the virus versus, and and I, the way I described it was, I said the lifestyle is different. The mentality is different. And I never, never could really understand or appreciate it. As much as I do now, living up north in New England versus living in in the South, and your words from a totally different perspective has to be, like you said, mind blowing. To like this is is this the America, you know that 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 I wanted yeah. that I yearned for. Yeah,
2: I, I give you the fact that I'm hypersensitive to that, right? It is, and and maybe sometimes to a point. I, I admit it sometimes to a point where I become irrational. Yeah, it's, it's to, if you ask me nicely and give me a reason to do things, I'll do it. If you tell me I have to, I'll become the little stubborn five-year-old child because I don't want that anymore. Uh, coming back to conformity and everything else, the, uh, here's why it's so, and it's not for me, but it, I think it's actually very appealing for other people. Uh, I always said, if you, the, the Eastern Bloc really crumbled, most not because socialism doesn't work or whatever, the Eastern Bloc mostly crumbled because of the economic factors, right? So the most people, I would say 80 or 90% of all people, if you tell them, hey, you will always make a certain amount of money, you will always be comfortable, you will, nothing will happen, couldn't care less what, what kind of society they live under. Right, it is, it is true. And that's why this, um, the, the subject that came up, uh, whatever, a couple of months ago with the, with the universal income is so appealing for most people, right? But what people don't understand is that you, when you do that, you take away any kind of options for anybody, right? I mean, you, you kind of, you become an ant so going back to East Germany, most people think we left or the, 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 the stupid part about this whole thing is that there's very, it is important. But there, you don't have a lot of variety of food. You don't have the fancy cars. You, that's really not the, those are side effects. The real evil of this whole system is that you rob people of opportunities. So given give a really stupid example, I'm the first example. My parents came from, my grandparents had nothing. They were the working class, so to speak. They're the ideal, in, in that ideology, the ideal people to help. So my mother and my dad had all their tuition paid and everything else. I mean, they, they literally didn't have to do anything and they became a physician and a dentist, which is fine. Good for them. Because of my blood lineage to my parents, I would have never been able to attend university because now I'm part of the privileged class. Sounds familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and uh, you rob people of The one thing I'm struggling with to this day is that I spent the first 13 years, called it formative years, um, being told what I can't do. It was because you can't. And uh, being literally afraid of free speaking and all these other things. When I look at my, our grandchildren here, the one thing I envy is they're now, oh, anywhere from 8 to 14, 8 to 13 right now, uh, what I envy them, they don't know any limits. They truly believe that they can do whatever they want to do. And they're confident in doing it because their parents did a good job. The danger I see now over the last three or four months, and I see it when, when, I, when I'm out and when you listen to news and everything else, I'm going to be fine. You're going to be fine because we had our formative, formative years behind us, right? We rant, we rave. Trust me, America will be America. Does, everything will go away November third? Sorry, couldn't help. No. Uh, <laughs> but I think the real damage we've done, we've done is, uh, is not health-wise. The real damage we've done, we've done is attitude-wise. You have millions of children right now between the ages of four and eight, tell it, that are being taught and we're doing really well to be afraid of life.
0: I could, I could not agree yeah. with you more. In a, I feel that because we, we have grandchildren that are uh, three yeah. and one that's going to be seven.
2: And I, I read the story of, of, about a man locally here coming out of Walmart with his... I don't know, five or six year old son, and they're wearing masks because they're at Walmart. And they come out and I guess the boy did something and his mask fell off and he started crying and he said, what's happening? He said, I'm going to die now. I mean, that's the, that's the atmosphere that we do. Now, why do we create that atmosphere? Because it has, been, it has been done, it's a human condition. It has been done probably in Rome 2,200 years ago has been done in Russia, has been done in East Germany, has been done in Cuba, Venezuela, any other country. You control people with fear. The the moment somebody is fearful, they're not confident anymore. They don't question things. They are looking for safety. Who can provide safety? The government can provide safety. So you're basically taking everything that America was about and trying to take it away. I mean... it's a weird cycle. And as I said, it, and I prob- if I would have grown up here, I probably wouldn't have noticed. But I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think we'll have a different ending. But I've seen the movie. And, and I just want to shake some people and said, hey, this is all nice and dandy. And uh, yes, I did really stupid things when I was 18. I did re- you don't really grow up until you're 40. Uh, I, I said really stupid things at 22. That's all nice and dandy. But it didn't, it didn't have the same effect as it has right now, right? I didn't get validated by somebody just because somebody wants to get some votes. Th- that's a challenge. There was still some, there seems to be some common sense. And uh, while we're in the political arena, I refuse to this day uh, because I've been, we were made to. I will not rally behind a name, a party, or a hashtag. The moment I do that, I give up not only control but also personal responsibility right because now I'm on, now I have the morally high ground you can 't touch me anymore because i 'm part of the the good the good guys now he 's part of the bad guys, which is a whole a subject i don 't know if you want to get into it or not, but the America was built on. Personal freedom, unlimited personal freedom that comes with unlimited personal responsibility, right? That part, the first part, everybody wants. The second part, nobody wants.
0: That is so profound. I mean, Jan, you, I, I can could, I could see my sister's head turning. Like, how profound was that piece just right there that we, you know, we have the freedoms, but we don't want to take the responsibility that comes with freedom? Yeah.
1: And, big...
2: and if you if you don't want the responsibility, well then give up the freedom. It's a it's a trade, and and then you but you, you have to make the decision, right? You you can't you can't have a party make the decision. And I always I tell my wife, because uh, for a while this, she was drawn into this whole TV drama. I said, listen, if I can't talk to somebody in person, if I can't touch it, if I, I just become a pawn for somebody else.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter which side. It it literally doesn't matter, and and I refuse to become a pawn again. I, I remember being ordered in school. We had to put on our uniform. It was called young pioneers. Pioneers, by the way. We had on our, our uniform, and we had to stand with with flags on the side of the road. Was a military parade. Came. I mean, it's it's North Korea, and then you had somebody watching you if you waved your flag correctly or, or with with enough enthusiasm, and uh, yeah, I mean we're. We're kind of to the point, I'm exaggerating now, but we're being watched right now if we wave our flag with enthusiasm enough, right? Doesn't matter which side. And if you don't, well, all of a sudden you're part of the problem. And Mm. that's what I will rail against. Uh, I have no influence, I understand that. And, And this may help me. This will only, I hope this will be a kickstart for somebody, maybe to to think, because that's all it is. I I can't you I can't make you like or not like somebody. I can't even make you agree with me. But maybe it it spurs something in somebody's head uh, at one point. Uh, but other than that, this whole talk about it's so un-American. <laughs> I mean, I probably know American history better than most Americans.
0: And, and you know what? There's something to say about that regarding American history as a whole. And I believe that the uh, so many universities now, colleges, high schools, yeah. they don't know basic American history. And some basic things like, you know, who was the one who, you know, I, I can't remember... I can't even remember which reporter was doing it. They were going out at protests and asking some basic questions. Who, okay. who, yeah. who actually stops the slavery? Which party? Well, the yeah. Democrats did. Well, A, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, ba- basic like who, you know, what person in history did this or that? Yeah. And they had no clue. They were clueless and they are cradle Americans. They were born in this country. Yeah. And what I, a I, disservice I think our education system along with our parent system because the parents are the first teachers of their children to instill obviously values and all of that. But basic teaching knowledge of our, of our country.
2: Yeah. This, you, you just brought up two things that might make us go above 30 minutes. Sorry. Because I'm really strongly about it. Uh, Let me come back to what did we just talk about? Uh, Now let me education. So, I love America. Education system absolutely sucks. It is one thing that was always completely unfathomable to me was what is the glory or the allure about a college degree? It is, and and here's the best part: people will always bring up, well, you you in Germany it's easy for you to talk because college was paid for. Yeah, my college was paid for. Number one, my mother had a 47% tax rate. That's one way to pay. But what's even more importantly is, and which could, ne- which would absolutely start a revolt in America, Germany actually has a very strict filtering system throughout the grades. If you don't show the aptitude or the initiative to at one point make it, you go to a vocational school, you never earn the uh, credentials to go to college, which for most people is the most perfect route anyway. I'll give you a perfect example, a very good friend of mine, exactly my age. Uh, I, was, I kind of excelled in school, I guess he didn't. It, it, was, it was just not a thing. He always fixed his motorcycles and everything else. Well, 40 years later, Yeah, 40 years later, he is the number one brake specialist for Porsche brakes and he flies all over the world. He makes way more money than I do. <laughs> is way has been way happier than I probably ever will be because he found his expression, right? That, and that was not only that, but that was actually encouraged. Yeah? So what you basically do give you a story after and then once you enter 10th grade and you go, it's not really a vocational school, it's called it finally it 's called real it, which, which means reality school
0: <laughs> and, and, and there 's something to say that for, Absolutely. that for any country because the bottom line is we 're all unique some people don 't learn the same way, some yeah. people more a, a vision, yeah. some people yeah. you know go for their passion and they can 't their their passion is always like tugging at them until they fulfill yeah. that goal. Yeah. being yeah. an entrepreneur there 's something to say about being an entrepreneur yeah. that yeah. yes, a degree. Uh, is, is is valuable, but it's not the be end all of being successful. I think we're a little frozen.
1: Yeah, I think we're frozen. Let me look at everything here. Well, I think he is frozen on his end, our end looks okay. But what an amazing interview. Um, So impactful. And, you know, if we can't get Michael back, I'm
0: going to try messaging him. I'm going to see if he can log off or log back in. I I think because he, gosh, he has got so much input, so much value from his perspective that I would love to do a part two with him. I'm going to actually go ahead and, and interject
1: and I'm going to go ahead and message him real quick right now. Sometimes I, oh, it looks like we did lose him. Okay. Um, So he is not on, but Michael, if you happen to be viewing this um, on your other device, we definitely want to do a part two with you. What an insightful, um, such a very poignant perspective on so many different avenues and what a blessing to have him on right before July 4th. You know, I, I... And you can see the passion. You can also
0: hear the sadness to a certain degree on his concern. Oh, I think he's coming right back. There he is. Yay. Yay. We were just, we were just, don't, no, don't worry. Because that is one thing that we frequently chat about when we do our podcast. We're actually doing three things. We're recording via our podcast. We're going on live on Zoom and filtering, filtering through Facebook and we really want to express to those that you know want to get involved with podcasts podcast or whatever their passion may be that the the corks that happen with with doing a live event like this is you you just don't stop it, it is yeah. what it is and you know we're authentically us and sometimes we're not in control of the bandwidth. <laughs> uh,
2: what I was trying to do so we we had uh, school system education system parents here's a here's a tidbit that. Again, reminds me of past times so there there seems to be uh again I think it all melts together responsibility and so on and we can uh if nothing else we uh, i think with a lot of people are transferring responsibility to netflix right that that 's what it is uh now here 's a it may be a little bit of a stretch, but it makes sense in a second one of the reasons what every communist Socialists, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing, and I will argue everybody about that. Okay. Uh, what they all have in common is they want to get control of children because those are malleable. Uh, so the fun part is, uh, East Germany always proclaimed, "Hey, we, we are we are number one in the world," and which, in a way, it was true. We have uh, uh, the highest women participation in the workforce, we pay the same wages and everything else. Look at, look at us how progressive we are. The real reason was, if you send women to work, they can't raise the children at home. So uh, you, you get into a, into a government owned kindergarten. It starts everything there. Uh, and, you, uh, and then you have to, uh, they have you all day. And then you go to school, they have you all day as well. You don't come home. Uh, they provide the meals and everything else. And it, it starts out just like Hitler did. I mean, to this day, I, I still remember people that were far, far away from the front lines and never had any problems. And they still marvel how everything, how well everything functioned back then, right? And you, you still have that in East Germany to this day as well. Because as I said before, if you're, if you're happy with universal income and as long as you can play soccer at night, you don't care what's happening. So anyway, so uh, the, uh, the, the, the government will take over, basically, the raising of your children. Now, in this country, and she, I think that's where it makes sense, uh, we have abdicated the personal responsibility. A lot of people have abdicated the personal responsibility to raise their children. And instead of the government, it's Netflix, right? It's the internet. It's Scooby-Doo, whatever. And uh, so true. That will that will bite us at one point, because uh, I talked to a couple of people that are probably in the same uh, corner than I am when it comes to certain worldviews and and values and everything else, and they're telling me, "Hey, I lost I lost my children." They literally believe what's on TV now. There may be right or wrong what you believe on TV. The problem is, and again, I'm actually very bipartisan there. Extremes are always bad. I don't care what, which side you're on. Um, the, the challenge becomes then is if, you, if you're 15, 16, 18, 22, coming back to what I said before, it is easy to go behind a hashtag. You want to become behind a party flag. Why? Because that makes the world simple. The world isn't simple. It's messy, right? But my God, now I don't have to think anymore because now I can put a hashtag and three letters there and I'm one of the good guys. That's, but that happens for thousands of years. So I'm not really sure why people are surprised about it by now. Uh, or maybe, I'm not sure surprised, but I think powers to be have gotten really, really good at taking advantage of it because of modern communication,
0: right? Oh, absolutely, you, you have social media, you have, you know, people are, you know, like you said, they're, they 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 become Netflix junkies and turn on a button, I don't have to think, I just watch. Yeah. And Janice and I will frequently talk, talk about this, about how people hear something versus how they listen to something, which is yep. two different things. Yep. And I almost feel like when you are in front of, the screen. And a lot of, you know, a lot of families are, are recognizing the impact that the screen has on their children's, not only the, their uh, education, but but the almost the brainwashing of they're not even really listening. They're hearing and it's like they're being programmed.
2: Yeah. So because screen, you just said that, uh, that comes back to personal responsibility, right? So you have like, We've never had a time like these times where you had access to that much information that easily. I mean, my phone holds more information than the library of Alexandria ever did. And I can, lit- I can literally do it within two seconds. You ask me a question, I'll pretend I get a cup of coffee, I'll have the answer. The, the sad part what I see is that nobody takes advantage of us because they think it's just normal right? So uh, again, one of those virus time thingies. It drove me absolutely nuts. I mean, I couldn't go out or my my job was, my business was interrupted. So I made sure for two and a half months or whatever, I probably worked more in those two and a half months than before because now I actually had time for all the stuff, right? Organizing systems and everything else. And then I talked to either colleagues or other people and all they talked about for two and a half months' is Game of Thrones or some kind of Netflix series. And I, and, and I wish, and I think that's why I get, I should have warned you before, there are certain areas I get passionate about and I start ranting. I literally want to grab people and scream at them and say, would you like me to show you for one week what it's like not to be able to speak, not to be able to determine your own destiny, not to have access to anything? maybe then the f you get off the couch and actually do something with your life
0: absolutely and and janice and i are, are actually in the process of uh working on our book it's called the uh quarantine awakening and when a lot of people hear that they automatically assume you know it's going to be politically virus blah blah yeah. blah, blah, blah but it actually is the gift of what the quarantine <laughs> yeah. brought to us that yeah. we decided that our businesses had to pivot. Yeah. We had to kind of reinvent, recreate, yeah. and do our own due diligence of, you know, supporting our minds yeah. um, and really investing in ourselves and not get sucked into all of what you're talking about and and, and change our business.
2: Yeah. No, That's really how we,
0: how this all even came about.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you're
0: taught using your time wisely yeah. to educate yourself and and yeah, not the, only the, educate, but get yourself in that great mindset.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, and I know a lot of people that actually did all kinds of, it really was almost the greatest gift I had in the last couple of years uh, on a lot of a personal level, business level, whatever, right? And a lot of, I think a lot of people took advantage of it. And maybe i know we're coming to uh, let's come to an end here because we can talk about this for days well,
0: we're gonna, or, or, we already or, said when you were off that we're doing a part two because yeah you have to
2: no no but a now here's here's the thing right uh and the the encouraging part let's end it on that note Absolutely. so i wrote this i wrote this post and yeah i got i got as i said i have like i don't know how many comments i don't know it's quite a few Let's call it 10,000 or whatever. And yes, you have the extreme comments, right? From shoot them all to communism is a good idea. It was never really implemented. Forget those idiots. Uh, It is incredibly amazing how many people, I don't know. Hopefully, let's call it silent majority, right? That are being literally silenced right now. I mean, in in a way, you know, in China, the, the protesters are being silenced. I can I can make a case that in America the, the the majority is being silenced.
0: Oh, I totally I totally totally agree with that. So,
2: but they yeah, use that, sure. that post, and it's really not about me, really. But they use that post about, okay, I can express myself, right? I can actually now, I am not the only one. I don't have to be afraid anymore. And if if the more radical elements on either side really uncareful uh, at one point you can only hold good people down for so long this is still america i i'm convinced i i i talk to people from all over because they're moving here every day there is still a pride in america and it's not a it's n- you can you can try to poop with all you want or be cynical about it there is still a pride in america of being in america good people good value values for some this may be too simple it doesn't sound too philosophical and it may not be good in a university but this country is not built on universities this country is built on really hardworking people that take responsibilities for themselves took all the risk just want to have a better life it doesn't get any more complicated
0: and, and that is so true. And I, I, the w- one thing I have used this time also is a lot of people have asked me, aren't you like angry of, of, you know, the statues coming down and the destruction and the violence? And I said, I'm disheartened by it, but I'm not angry in that same way. And they said, well, why? And I said, it's because, you know, we already know history has consequences, but our, our, the consequences did not define who we are as a people. And it never will. I said they can't destroy patriotism. They can't destroy uh, whatever your faith is. They can't destroy forgiveness. They can't destroy tolerance. They can't destroy, you know, your heart, your soul, your goodness, your kindness. And when we embrace the differences that we have, we're going to actually find that love most people have that in common they don't want (laughs) hatred they want love and they can't destroy that
2: no we can't any any person that i ever encounter i'll make it a point that i try to leave him better than when i met him right it could be a could be a smile that's all it takes really and the fun part is as i said from the very beginning the media view of america you should you should hear my friends in, in germany they think we're it's Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. And that's and, uh, true. Yeah, it's and true. Uh, are you old enough to remember? Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: uh, I think I'm uh, a year older than you, P.S. So. Oh,
2: come on. And, I, uh, yeah. and uh, then real life are completely two different pictures, right? So, as I said, you take care of So Right now, for me, it's a little bit like putting on your oxygen mask first and then, then have other people. I turned on the TV, and I was—I mean, I—I use those opportunities. But what's really important is my family and my friends and everybody else. I can—if I can help them—and you multiply that five hundred times, you're good.
0: Absolutely. It's not, it's
2: not complicated.
0: Absolutely. And hmm, I think Janice may have to message you because I think—I think I see a book in your future, Just... no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. No, no, no.
0: Oh, you would be uh, surprised. You have a story. That is more impactful than you actually realize.
2: Yeah. Let and me then- finish. Let, I understand. I, pre, I really appreciate it. Let, let me, I, I said it to somebody yesterday. I don't think my story is unique and it actually isn't. And that's a sad part. There are thousands of stories like mine. There are literally hundreds of millions people, hundreds of millions of people dead over stories like this. And that part, I just want to shed a light on. It's really not, never about me.
0: And and I and I think that's kind of portrayed, Jan. Wait, go ahead and interject because I'm like blown away.
1: I am totally blown away, and I so appreciate your your insight <laughs> into the world that we live in and how you see it and how you want to impact the world. You know, with your family and the friends and what you're passionate about, and we definitely need to have you on again for part two because we want to hear more. Uh, <laughs> just want to remind our audience you can now find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Overcast. Uh, Michael, we hope you come back soon and um, we'll have Carol C. coordinate that. And we just want to thank you from the bottom of our heart for being on today. It's so special that it's right before the July 4th holiday i 'm proud to be an American. My name is Janice aka Wellness Diva, one of the two
0: sisters and i 'm Carol sue aka Nanny Boss giving out so much love, so much greatness and thankfulness that Michael was able to put his 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 stamp, his print on what it means to be an American here, what he what he went through to get here, and that all of us that are born here. Let's not take for that for granted. Not, let's use this opportunity that this history is going to define us in a positive way. We've got to go out and we've got to do good. We've got to go out and be peaceful. We all, we've got to love our neighbors. And that's really what it's about. But Carol Sue, aka Live from Vero Beach, palm trees are blowing. I'm super excited. We wish you all a happy, happy July 4th. And we'll be chatting soon
1: everybody. Have a great 4th of July.
2: Bye.